Hello, welcome back, SF Live episode 228. And uh, as you can see, I'm joined by James Sykes. He's the CEO of Metals Energy uh, Corporation. And uh, for me, this is a first, it's been a while. And uh, I've been to a lot of conferences, in-person conferences lately. So I'm always excited to meet a new company and a new CEO I haven't met in my previous life. And I'm quite excited to be catching up with James here in a few seconds. We'll be talking about their plans of discovering more nickel uh, in Canada and uh, how it all fits together. He He's going to shed some light on it. The uh, company only went public through an RTO in November. So brand new deal, quite excited to learn more. And uh, you're coming along for the journey, actually, as I'm learning about this company. Of course, I've taken some notes before, but I've never heard the pitch. I've never been through the pitch with, uh, with James as well. So I'm quite excited to hear more and how he's pitching the story. And uh, together, we can actually, in the comments, maybe we can evaluate together whether it's an investment worth pursuing. And uh, leave a comment, leave a like as well and to subscribe to our channels on Twitter and here on YouTube as well. And uh, it helps with the algorithm if you leave a like as well and uh, more people can see this company or the stock that you might be uh, potentially interested or invested in. Uh, enough of my introduction. Let me just uh, make sure that I unmute our guest here. And uh, James, it's great to welcome you to the program. Happy New Year. Thanks for coming on. Thank you very much for having me. I'm definitely excited to be here and to talk to you as well. No, it's a great pleasure. I uh, appreciate the time. And uh, why don't we dive in right away? Um, give us a quick 30, 60 second overview of the company and we'll dive into specifics right after that. Okay, Metal Energy. We are a nickel, nickel focused exploration company, but we're also looking for other metals that will be supplying the electric vehicle supply chain down the road. We listed publicly on TSXB, so the Toronto Stock Exchange Venture on November 29th of last year. We have two main assets, Strange and Manbridge. Manbridge is a past producing mine and in Manitoba, which is in well, Thompson Nickel Belt of Manitoba. So it has legs to move forward. And Strange is a, a theoretical project. So it's got a lot of exploration opportunity that we think can, uh, can really excite the market. Fantastic. All we're right. Fully funded. We've, we've got $7 million in the bank and we're ready to hit the gate, ready to come out of the gate very strong. Nice. We're going to drill on that uh, on the financial side here in a second. I'm going to I have some follow up questions for you there, as always, just to set up the status quo so everybody's on the same page. But uh, let's talk a bit about uh, how the deal came together and uh, where the idea came from to start looking for nickel and uh, other PGEs uh, in, in Canada. Um, do you want to give us an overview of the, the, the deal origi origination and, and how it all came together? Yeah, so very quickly to understand Metal Energy is to understand your group of companies. So Metal Energy is one of those companies under an umbrella group of companies. And they, the guys behind that really decided to get uh, focus on nickel exploration. So they're looking for the guy to run that. And I'm currently CEO of another company within the, within the group of companies. It's called Baseload Energy, which we're exploring for uranium. And they felt that what I have done for Baseload was very successful and they liked who I am, obviously. So they figured that I'd be a good good step into CEO role for metal energy, and obviously I accept it. Because I, I also agree that the electric vehicle stage is going to continue to grow, and I want to play a much larger part in that. So the way that the deal really came together, though, was very similar to what we did for Baseload. That it was uh, one of the companies we had, and we just merged with a CBC, so a. Uh, a cash partner company basically here in Canada and just did the reverse takeover that way to get listed publicly. And then from there, well, we did a raise while we while the transaction was going on and we are now here today. Awesome. Yeah. Was there, was there a specific trigger to say, okay, let's do nickel or 
in, in particular? Or is that something you, like, you always felt, felt comfortable with? I've always felt comfortable with it, uh, Michael, but also because we are metal energy, that it's um, myself, I've got a lot of experience within the rare earth industry, and that really fits within the whole uh, electrification of things. And that's what it's really all about. And but also I've been following lithium and I've got a good understanding of lithium and we know that that's going to continue to grow. So it was a, it was a nice way to just broaden my career because I've, I've just spent the last 15 years in uranium exploration, basically. And uh, you're a geologist by trade, correct? Theoretically. Theoretically. <laughs> I mean, it's a broad spectrum. <laughs> it covers a broad spectrum. I, I love the definitions of geologists and uh, actually the jokes around it too. It's just fun because that's, it, it's real. Yeah. I love it. Like uh, some of my best friends are geologists, so having a, having a good time with them. Um, let's talk, well, we talked deal origination. Let's talk, get everybody on the same page. You mentioned $7 million in the bank. Um, let's quickly talk, uh, some of the investors, like, can you give us an overview of the, the capital structure? Who are some of the investors in the company at this point? A lot of, a lot of insider investors in, in metal energy. And basically it's, a, it's a lot of the guys who are within the world. Uh, our largest shareholder would be our chairman, Stephen Stewart. And so when we were going to raise money, uh, we did, we did bring in some of the institutional side of things who have invested into a lot of the or group different companies as well. So a lot of the same institutions that have come into Facebook and QC Copper and Gold have also come into Metal Energy. Yeah, that makes as sense. Far as, that, as far as any breakdowns, well, unfortunately, I can't provide you with that. I can't, uh, I don't know. No, fair, fair, fair enough. But it sounds like it's got a strong supportive shareholder group. Uh taking things forward. Like the reason I'm always asking for shareholders is to see further down the road, maybe in six years time when you have to raise financing uh, for the next program, that there's somebody actually to backstop or actually come in and uh, maybe take a lead. That, that's, that's important for us. That's, that's why I'm always asking as well um, about those. Um, okay, so 7 million in the bank, like how are you planning to spend it? What's, what's the plan? And uh, in that conversation, we can talk about the projects in detail, of course, as well. Well, basically, we plan to spend it all on our exploration projects. So most of that is in flow through. It does have to be spent this year. Uh, with the two projects that we have, Manabridge is our is our flagship project at the moment, simply because it was a past producing mine. There's a lot of information available to it. High-grade nickel, high tenure. We know a lot about it. So the idea is to, the idea behind Manabridge is to really move that forward and, and bring that into production. But as we talk about the projects down the road, we'll, we'll investigate that. So that will that will take the bulk of our of, of our funds. So I think we're looking at about five, about five million, six million going towards that. And then our other project, Strange, which again is is more theoretical in nature. It's never been properly drilled. A previous operator back in 2011 never went down to the depths they were supposed to. So we're going to double the depth and hopefully find the, the rock depths that we're looking for. Now with Strange. It's a little bit interesting because everyone's exploring for what, what sorry when you explore for any commodity you're always trying to make an intersection right away but with strange we're really trying to just justify the the geological theory behind it and if we can prove that right then we continue exploring on that project because we feel that there would be nickel mineralization on the project now let's stay on strange for just a second like what are the plans for for targeting like what what does that look like you said it's very theoretical um, what, what kind of tools will you be using to sort of narrow down uh, maybe some of the areas uh, or targets? 
very simplistically, we're just going ahead with magnetics, air, airborne magnetic survey. Now, the project was vended to us by some ex-Inco geologists. And these guys know nickel. They know exactly how to do it. And the geological location that we're in is within the mid-continental rift. So there are some other, other currently producing mines within the same geological terrain. Uh, Lundin's Eagle Mine, which is in Michigan, USA, is a prime example of that. We're just on the Canadian side of things. We're on the, the US side of things. But the same type of, of geology and theory exists here. So basically, we're going down. We've got some excellent resolution magnetic surveys. And we're looking for magnetic, magnetic eyes that would really correlate well with nickel sulfide mineralization. Who was the previous owner of the project? Was it also from Can Alaska when it was vented in, or uh, was there a different owner? Previous owner was Paler Mountain, who were also a rare earth and uranium exploration company in the Elliott Lake area, Ontario. Which that I think they dropped the project around 2012, and then the guys that we we vented the project off again, ex Inkle guys, they really liked the area, they liked the whole theory behind it, and thought that Paler Mountain just simply didn't go deep enough. And even when Paley Mountain did do the drilling, they ran some borehole EM, and the EM signal is still saying that they have to go down about 250 meters deeper. So that's what we thought they do. Interesting, yeah, because I, I love asking them, poking the bear a little bit with my with the next question is like, how are you going to be successful? And you sort of answered it already. It's like you're just going to go drill deeper. Is that uh, yeah. one of the main reasons they actually failed with the project before? Yes. Yeah, they simply didn't go deep enough. They weren't exploring for for the right depths. And when they stopped in what they thought was their target depth, and it was just, uh, I guess it was like a flat line conductor. Unfortunately, you're not looking for that when you're looking for, for this type of setting. You're looking for where the uh, chromatiated basalts came up and intruded into the settings. When you, when you think about this, basically you had the, the craton, craton all together. And then as it rifted open to allow Basalts or uh, ultramapic magmas coming up. So it rips apart, and then as it rips, you form sediments, uh, sedimentary basin, and then the, the magmas come up and they mix around with the sediments. And then as it keeps ripping open, you get more sediment intruding, intruding, intruding. So you create this nice big basin with, with the, uh, the ultramapic rock types down below. And they, they basically, when they drill, they stop up. When, when it's so easy, why are you putting the project a little bit on the back burner and focusing on the other one first? Is that a bit of an unfair question? Like, do you have, it's, it's with asking a geo why not to drill, why not drilling, or asking them for a favorite project is always difficult, isn't it? Because we really like Manbridge. Manbridge has the legs to move forward. Manbridge was a past producer mine, 1.3 million tons at 2.5% nickel. That's extremely high grade That's... nickel. Plus, they had some copper credits to go with it. And there's a lot, when, when you look at Manbridge, there's a lot that they left at depth. There's a lot that they left on straight. And the whole concept of Manbridge is very similar to what QC Copper and Gold did for their open mesca. Now QC Copper and Gold, again, one of the, under the same ore group umbrella, but they took a past producing copper mine with a lot of high grade to it, looked at the, look at the copper prices today and where copper is going in the future and said, okay, well, if we turn this around, we can, we can potentially make this an open pit mine at a lower grade, bulk tonnage, low grade, and it really looks like it's going to go ahead. The, the, the metrics all work for it, the economics all work for OpenMISCA. So then when they're looking into this project as well, the same kind of idea can be applied to it. 
that you don't really need to go for the for the extremely high grade nickel shoots. They're there, you know they're there, and you think there's more of them. But when you start incorporating things that are around 0.81% nickel in and that are near surface, then you start having this whole open pit idea. Um, if you've seen some of the stats coming out for nickel demands down the road, they're huge. You're talking in 20 years, they're looking at 20 times the increase on demand, not two times demand, 20 times demand. That's insanity. So we can see the nickel price would be going up down the road. And this, this really makes Manabridge far more lucrative for being an open style, uh, a high tonnage, but slightly lower grade nickel operation. Well, and that's why we focus on Manabridge first, because we really want to get the ball rolling on that. Yeah, no, timing is everything as well. And just uh, Tesla just signed a deal with Talon Metals as well. Exactly. No, no numbers included, but they're saying they were taking off the nickel from them. But that's only for 6 million vehicles. And I think worldwide, we produced 78 million vehicles. Um, and uh, if we were to go full electric, let's assume 100%, which is not realistic in my opinion, but uh, let's assume that we still have a long way to go in terms of nickel supply. So yeah. even if you go 20%, I think there's still lots of room to grow for, for nickel it's production. Not even just, it's not even just electric vehicles, though. If you think about all the battery, all the battery facilities that are going to need to supply wind and solar renewable energy forms too it's just battery applications are everywhere cell phones everything it's just there's yeah. yeah everything is going electric yeah no definitely the trend is uh, trend is in motion so all we can do is uh, satisfy the need and uh, supply supply the nickel um let, let, let's run through Manabridge and maybe let's run through a bit of the history of the project as well it was a past producing mine um give us an overview like how much was produced at what grade he said two and a half percent um, was that the production grade or is that the reserve grade that they still have there? Oh, that was the production grade. So about 1.3 million tons at 2.5% nickel with about 0.3% copper as well was all produced from Anbridge. That was between 1971 to 1977. So it was, it was quite an economic little mine there. Why they stopped, I honestly can't say. There's been a few theories behind it, but honestly, I, I can't venture to give an exact reason which they did continue to explore along there. There are some other, other intersections of notable interest within three kilometers of the past producing mine. And as I mentioned previously, they, they left a lot of nickel down there. There's high grade shoots that the mine plans don't touch. Uh, there are extensions along the mine workings that they were, they were drilling out, but again, never mind it. So there is quite a bit, quite a bit still left there in exploration potential just We've got a sub-parallel, well, we've got a parallel trend, which is a few kilometers away from the mine site that has the same similar geological looking features. So we'll be flying an airborne survey this spring, this summer, that that will hopefully delineate a little bit more uh, conductors for us and just provide us with more exploration style targets. And like it, it, targeting is really important to me as well because I like proper geo work done so you can minimize dollars spent on drilling, obviously, it's just more effective. <laughs> Should be the general concept, shouldn't it? But uh, yeah. do you have any targets already in mind? Because I, I think I saw a number in your presentation somewhere that you're planning to drill 3,000 meters. Um, is that right out of the gate or is that after you've done the additional geoleg work? No, that's right out of the gate. We're going to focus up within the mine area because we know there has been a lot of drilling there, but we don't really have all the information. And especially with modern drilling. So again, this, this area really hasn't been drilled properly since since the 70s and 80s. So if we go if we go into the old mine workings, 
with some modern technology oriented core. That's something I, I really adhere to and it's helped me, it's helped me reduce drill costs. So you can, you can probably pick up or save yourself a number of drills just by doing oriented core because you learn the geology right there, right then it's, and it's intuitive. Yeah. You really, you really get a good understanding of geology. So by doing that online, we can identify what the mineralized styles are and get a better control, get a better idea for the controls of mineralization. And again, that should hopefully just bring us to the to the next stages and allow us to focus on hitting these targets a lot, a lot more uh, feasibly. Can, can you access the mine underground and will you be drilling from underground or we're, my, my question is more seasonal actually. Can you actually drill? Is that no issue with weather or anything? We can drill all year round. It's road access is all there, power lines there. It's yeah, all season drilling basically. Uh, around the mine working, it does get a little bit swampy, so that's why we're trying to get this done in the, in the winter time. But if in the summertime, if we need to, we can always get a swamp rig mats and we can fly everything in with a helicopter. That's still quite easy though. Uh, no, easy, easily, easily doable. Um, Trying to think what I'm forgetting. Let me just take a quick look at my cheat sheet. I think we talked about uh, Mana Bridge itself, like we talked about the past. Um, what, what is left in terms of infrastructure on the project? You said power line is in the area. Uh, we have roads and access. Is there anything else left from, from back in the day? Uh, the old mine workings are there. Whether anything is going to be usable, that's, that's the big question. And if, we, if we're successful in our approach and we do, we do see this becoming more of an open pit style, we don't really need those underground workings or at least those facilities anymore. So uh, the highway is highways right by the project. So it's, it, it's a no-brainer, very easy. And you're in the Thompson Nickel Belt, which has a lot of infrastructure. There, there are nickel mills within trucking distance along the highways. And it's, it's a historic area. It's one of the fifth largest and most successful nickel mining areas in the world. Thompson Nickel Belt is, is pretty much a household name, at least here in Canada, or in, in Canada. So every, everybody knows it. So um, one of the reasons, like, it's been dormant for almost 40 years. Can, can you speculate on why that has been the issue? And uh, I know you just got it out of Canada, Alaska, a uranium explorer. Um, can you speculate a bit why that has been, why, why the project has been dormant for so long? Yeah, I honestly don't know. It's, I, I really don't know. It's, uh... Can Alaska liked it, which is why they staked it. And basically, Can Alaska are leaning more towards the, the project operator side of things, their project generator. So obviously looking for partners and, and just getting getting projects going that way. And that's we liked it, so we thought it was a great deal. But why it hasn't been explored beyond that, I honestly don't know, especially when you've got a past producer. Uh, but that's what we hope to find out. Seven million in the bank. That pretty much gives you an enterprise value of about six million dollars. Like that's that's dirt cheap in my in my book, right? What, what what is the market missing? What what are we not seeing? And personally, I haven't even heard of the story. Maybe that's the problem. But uh, <laughs> but uh, what, what what should we be focusing on? For, for, for yeah, I think it's yeah, it's exposure mostly. I think that's what a lot of people have missed. But we are new, and we hope to be making some waves shortly. Manabridge, I think, will be kicking out some some good news in the coming months, and then as well Strange. So that's it's just basically a waiting game, and we should be within one to two weeks of drills turning. And once those drills start turning, 
then we can we can pump out more more news and be more efficient and effective that way. Have you secured the metal energy name? Have you secured any lap time, or will you just uh, release results as they come in? Is like, or is it? My question is like, is it planable for you to to see results coming out on a steady timetable? We plan to. Uh, We could always do visual results, which may not carry a lot of weight, and they can always burn a company down the road. Um, but if we are seeing, you know, if you're seeing hundreds, 100% sulfides in a core, or even 50% massive sulfides, semi-massive sulfides in a core, that's something that we would release, as we mentioned, that the, the drilling is complete. Then obviously, as, as soon as assays are ready, uh, they will be reported. But we'll try to do things as quickly as possible to to keep the market, uh, to keep the market do you, have, do you have any historic core left from Manning Bridge? Anything to compare it to, to put it next to, saying, okay, this was in the production area. Um, let's put it there next to it, and you'll see automatically what it is. Is it that visually disti- uh, distinguishable? Yes. Yes. We don't have the historic core, but from reports that we've read and from other people we've talked to, yes, it's it's quite quite apparent. Great. And that brings me to my last question. You sort of hinted at. Um, I'm, I'm always like, I always love ending with a news flow sort of at the end. Talk about catalysts. You said drilling imminent, uh, pretty much for Manibridge. Uh, any, anything else we should be aware of that we should be looking out for in the next three months? Then, well, we're probably going to switch things around just just because of the logistics. So, Can Alaska are the operators for Manibridge. We are cash partners earning in. We plan to we plan to earn in about forty nine percent by the end of this drill program for three thousand meters. And well, just because of the way things are working in Canada, it's hard to find drill crews. Hard to find people log the core. So. Things from Annabridge just got pushed back a little bit until around February, March. But fortunately, we've been able to uh, just do the old switcheroo. Now we can get Strange operating probably by the end of this week or early next week. And that will keep, again, that will keep the market happy that we are progressing still on the time frame that we said. Just switcheroo projects. What are the first steps on Strange again? Remind me, is it flying uh, magnetics? No, magnetics are then. Oh, that's done. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Everything's permitted. Both Manabridge, both Strange are permitted. They're ready to go. For Manabridge, we are also looking at uh, permitting for 10,000 meters this summertime. So we do plan to be much more aggressive on the summertime. But for Strange, Strange is a wait and see type of idea. If we're hitting what we want to see, then we will continue to drill that project. We're also going to be drilling deep enough that if we're hitting exciting material and we think we've got mineralization already, we can just wedge. But if Strange does not prove out, it's not a loss to the company, it just it provides us with a very quick and early out that we don't need to expend more money on Strange where we could take the rest of the, the remainder of the funds and just focus all our manabridge and look for other projects of interest. I should have asked you earlier, and I didn't want to get too technical, but how, how deep will you have to drill at Strange to actually hit it? You said they, they missed it by about 200 meters? They didn't? Yeah. So what's the total depth between, then? We're thinking between 500 to 750 meters is our target depth. So it's not too deep. So to, how, how long is the total, uh, the total hole then? 1,000 meters with the angle? For a drill hole? No, we're drilling, we're drilling vertical. Oh, because okay. Because it's a okay. sedimentary basin. Yeah, okay. because it's a sedimentary basin, we just drill straight vertical. There's no angled, no, no angled drills. How long do you estimate for a drill hole? Just curious. Like it's not that deep. A vertical should go fast. Yeah. Yeah, it should go fast. Fantastic. If it takes more than a week, then there's there's probably some issues, <laughs> but it should be about a week for a drill hole. Uh, fingers crossed for some qualified drillers. Eh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. No, we do. We've we've got great drillers. Uh, Sear drilling out of Winnipeg. 
reputable company. I've worked with them many times in the past. They've always delivered and did sell. Fantastic. No, it's, it's more of a people, people problem, right? To finding the drillers that can actually operate a drill. It's not the, having the drill. That's, that's the problem. So yeah, exactly. fantastic. No, great conversation, James. It was great to have you on the program. Thanks for running us through uh, Metals Energy here and running us through Strange and uh, Manabridge as well. Quite excited to see what's coming out of there and whether you're successful sure. discovering nickel in Canada. So I uh, really appreciate it for coming on. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Great well, to meet you guys. Yeah, likewise. Likewise, let's hope we can do it in person. I hope PDAC personally happens so we can at least uh, have some face-to-face meetings uh, again because it feels like I'm losing track of some of the new stories and... Uh, this is a great way to catch up and uh, get caught up, actually. As well. so, fantastic. James, thanks so much. Everybody else, thank you for tuning in. This was SF Live episode 228. And we were joined by James Sykes here of Metals Energy Corp. Make sure to follow us here on Twitter and on uh, YouTube as well. Leave a comment, leave a like. That helps with the algorithm. And we much appreciate it, of course, as well. We'll be back with a breaking news special tomorrow. And we'll be back with a, another interview tomorrow as well. So stay tuned, all live and direct to you. You have the latest information and can make your best investment decisions based on that. Thanks so much for joining us.